Entrepreneur on Fire 922. John Lee Dumas presents EO Fire and FreePodcastCourse.com. Launch your podcast in 15 days and ignite. Looking for a website host that provides 24-7 live support, one-click WordPress installs, and an easy website builder? Visit HostCater.com slash fire and the number 30 for a 30% discount today. What's the point of sending emails that never make it to your subscribers' inboxes? AWeber has you covered with industry-leading deliverability. Start connecting with your audience and growing your business with email today at aweber.com slash fire. Fire Nation in the house. John Lee Doom is here and I am fired up today because our featured guest is none other than Tim Ferriss. Tim, are you prepared to ignite? Always. Yes. I'm on fire right now. Yes, dog. So Tim, you are episode 95. That was January 23rd, 2013. Off the top of my head, that was about 26 months ago or 827 episodes ago. So let's do this. Just catch us up on what's been going on in your life for the past couple of years. <laughs> well, you know, I've created my, uh, my own voodoo doll line, which I sell on Shopify. No, that's not true. I <laughs> have really uh, ended up focusing outside of the written word. So I've wanted to explore other types of other formats of creative work. And with a lot of your help, I owe you a huge uh, debt of gratitude and a thank you, which I'll be doing very publicly in the massive podcast post that I'll do at some point. Uh, <laughs> when <laughs> the uh, You were super helpful in helping me explore the world of podcasting. And that has become a major component of everything I do. I'm having a blast with it. So it's turned out that I enjoy being on the interviewing side of things as much as being on the interviewed side of things. And it was podcasts like yours, like Joe Rogan, like Mark Marin, that convinced me to give that a shot. And I decided just to test a limited window of six episodes and I could close out after that if I weren't having fun, but I'm still having fun. And related to that, is my experiments in, in television. So for the last, say, two, two and a half years, I've been working on creating uh, a TV show with the team behind Anthony Bourdain. They do all of uh, No Reservations and, and now Parts Unknown, super city, uh, cinematic, gritty, awesome stuff uh, to make the Tim Ferriss experiment, which is an extension of all of this. And it's basically, if you were to take the concepts and the core concepts from the four-hour work week, the four-hour body, and the four-hour chef and put them into a sort of action movie like TV show that is very, very real. You see tons of injuries and uh, mistakes and uh, nervous breakdowns, but occasional miracles. And when I have those occasional miracles, I explain exactly how you can do the same thing, uh, whether that's with you know professional poker or tactical shooting or swimming or learning languages, drumming, whatever. There are 13 different skills that I try to tackle in one week each with uh, world-class teachers like uh, Laird Hamilton for surfing, who's the, the undisputed king of big wave surfing, or Stuart Copeland, who's uh, one of the top 10 drummers of all time, founding member of the police for drumming. Um, and it's really about giving my audience and hopefully new audiences uh, a gateway drug into fulfilling their own potential. And not everyone's going to sit down with a 600-page book. So I've been 
not all my books are 600. The first one is a little shorter. <laughs> it's like 430 or 450, but no, not everyone's going to sit down with, with something like that. So this is, these are 22 minute shows, 13 of them. I mean, you could sit down in one or two days and, and watch them all and come away with a lot of the toolkit, uh, from the four hour chef and the four hour body. So Tim, I just watched a trailer. I got to say, I am yearning for this to go live. And it actually, when Fire Nation, you're listening to this on May 1st, it is live because this is launching on April 27th. And this interview that we're talking on right now is going live on May 1st. So it's been live for five awesome. days, Fire Nation. So you can get out there and check it out right away. And we actually have the link for that. It's fourhourworkweek.com slash TV. We'll mention that again. We'll have it in the show notes. But this is live, Fire Nation. This is a really exciting experiment by Tim Ferriss. And Tim, let me just kind of read this right here because I think your team did a great job really building this up in a great way. And this is the kind of intro version that I have that just got me fired up for this trailer. And that is best-selling author Tim Ferriss, dubbed the world's best human guinea pig by Newsweek, pushes himself to the breaking point, attempting to learn notoriously punishing skills, surfing, professional poker, Brazilian jiu-jitsu, languages, and more in just one week. And it was filmed and edited by that team you mentioned, Anthony Bourdain's team. So let's kind of take a step back, Tim, and where did the idea for the Tim Ferriss experiment come from? What was that aha moment you had, and then kind of the road that brought it to airing on the 27th? Well, that's, uh, that's a hell of a story. Let me start <laughs> at the beginning. The, the way it came together was really uh, a multitude of factors, but primarily I'd been approached by many TV producers, networks, and so on in the past, but had never been offered anything or proposed anything that made a lot of sense. Uh, I, I had had offers to be one of three judges doing lifestyle makeovers for, you know, the, the real world housewives of fill in the blank or whatever. And it never really was very appealing to me, particularly because I had experiences. I've been on a lot of TV on, on talk shows and whatnot. And they, the show is made in the editing room. <laughs> That's where everything is decided. And I wanted to have a, a high degree of, cre of creative control and veto power so that I could protect everything I've built and make sure that I'm not being presented in, in a really weird way or whatever. And also just to make sure that, that whatever I do was very actionable, not just a bunch of fluffy sensationalism. And uh, had an opportunity from Turner Broadcaster to come in, uh, Turner Broadcasting, excuse me, is a as a co-executive producer. So that would give me the ability to look at rough cuts, fine cuts, uh, pick teachers, pick locations, you know, have a lot of input into the composition of these episodes and of this show. And uh, when it came down to think about the concept, because they basically came to me and asked me what no one else had asked me, which was, if you could do anything in television, what would you want to do? And I was like, well, that's a, that's a good question. <laughs> and and uh, the, the two ideas were, uh, one, uh, basically checking off my personal bucket list of things that I want to do and learn, but in the process, teaching people everything that I know, right. From the standpoint of accelerated learning and really cracking the code for a lot of these things. That was idea number one. And then very closely related to that, I was like, well, what about a show about becoming Jason Bourne? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I love the Bourne identity. And I was like, what if we did a show about how to take, you know, average Joe or Jane and turn them into 
Jason Bourne. <clears throat> and uh, if you look closely at the Tim Ferriss experiment, you will notice that it checks both of those boxes. So you have the you know rally car, like just watch Jason Bourne and take a list of all the skills and then look at the Tim <laughs> Ferriss experiment. It's like learning languages, long distance swimming, right? The rescue on the boat. Uh, you have tactical gunfighting with, with handguns and other types of weapons. You've got uh, poker. That's more of a that's more of a, a James Bond thing. Yeah, but I, I, I figured I would want to. I'm a Casino Royale diehard fan <laughs> as well, so I was like, all right, we have to have poker in there. Uh, pickup artist. Pickup artist. Well, you have to be the ladies' man. Also, maybe more of a Bond thing. <laughs> right. So it depends on. I'm very. I was trying to pick and choose my favorite aspects of like Daniel Craig, yeah. Bond, and uh, and and then Bourne. Obviously, the Matt Damon version. Uh, <laughs> right. So that is how it came about. And then it was a very long process to get the contracts negotiated and to go into it. And what ended up happening very unexpectedly, uh, which threw a monkey wrench in the works, but also an opportunity is that the division at Turner, which made a bunch of shows, not just mine, it, it had produced a bunch of shows. They hadn't aired, uh, or at least not much of them had aired. It, it got shut down. So it was, it, it was basically completely shut down. And what was the date on that about? That was probably a year ago. Okay. And, uh, so, so no one has seen any of the Tim Ferriss experiment, except for maybe a teaser, uh, of the first or second episode. And maybe if they've seen it at all. And the, uh, what ended up happening, and this happens to a lot of musicians, a lot of artists, a lot of people on TV is they make something and it never gets seen, but it gets put into the vault and it's never heard from again. Mm -hmm. And you can't get, and you can't get it out. So I've spent the last year negotiating a deal that would work for both Turner and myself, where I have the ability to digitally distribute. And that is really exciting for a whole bunch of reasons. I mean, obviously I just want the product. I want the show to be seen. That's my first priority. And there's a very good chance I'm not going to make my money back. I had to pay a, a pretty hefty price to get this thing. And there's a very good chance I'm not going to make my money back. But I want people to watch the show because I'm so proud of it. You know that you know what I mean? It's like I put three, four years into each book what? and I put, I feel an equivalent amount of energy into this. And it's just like I want the world to see it. That's it. And uh it's exciting because I'm I'm having an opportunity to launch video content, which I've never done before. And it's very unusual. It's completely different from straight audio or books because books, totally different beast, right? You have to sit down and it's, it's 600 pages. Audio is also totally different from video because you can consume podcasts when you're commuting or doing something else. Can't do that really effectively with a TV show. It's also something you have to dedicate yourself to. So it's, it's, a, it's a new challenge for launch. But the, the most exciting thing about it is that I've proven that it is possible to rescue orphaned content. And there are, I mean, literally just gems. I mean, solid gold songs, albums, movies, TV shows that have never been seen that are just sitting there in vaults. And uh, so it's very exciting for me. And I hope, I hope for a lot of other creators that it is possible to work out these types of arrangements. And uh, with Kickstarter, especially, I mean, people would have said in the past, well, yeah, that's great if you have a ton of money, but I don't have a ton of money. I can't afford to do this kind of deal. It's like, well, do you have fans? Like, yeah, I have fans. Do you have friends? Yeah, I have friends great. Well, you can jump on Kickstarter, a Kickstarter or a similar platform and you could rescue your content. I mean, that is, that is, that is huge. So I'm, uh, I'm hoping this will be a very exciting test case for that and uh, proof of concept that will, that will get other people eager to do something similar. I'm glad you brought the point up about 
audio and how you dove into podcasting. So you have your foot in this world now in a major way. And people don't have to say no to something else to say yes to podcasting. So you have that now. They're off for a run. They're walking in the streets of San Francisco. They're doing their thing. They're able to listen to Tim Ferriss. But, you know, now they're home at night and they want to pop on Roku or Netflix and watch some TV because they're not just going to sit on a couch and watch audio. Then maybe they're with a few people. Now you're moving into that video space as well. So you're going to be kind of having your foot in both spaces, which to me is really exciting and really kind of makes it worthwhile for you doing what you did and through that year. And I'd love to see you come out with some kind of playbook that you mentioned for these other people on how they can go through this and maybe shortcut the way that, you know, from the lessons that you learned to rescue their content using Kickstarter, using their fans. But one thing I want to mention, Tim, is I was watching the trailer, which again, we can definitely check out at fourhourworkweek.com slash TV Fire Nation. And the rally car, that stuck out to me for a lot of reasons, <laughs> mostly because the instructor next to you was pissing his pants. The entire <laughs> time they had the video camera on him, he had his arms crossed, he was squeezing so hard. I'm like, this guy's like a professional instructor. What was that like freaking out a pro on that level? <laughs> well, he had good reason to be freaked out. Um, you'll see it in the show, but I, I do almost <laughs> flip a car over yes. entirely and it goes off-road. Now, when I say off-road, you have to keep in mind we're already on dirt roads with rocks and sticks and branches in the way. And I remember when we sat down for the first day, the one of our instructors said, what makes rally racing fascinating among other things is or unique is that if you if you look at Indy 500 or any of these others NASCAR they make the tracks as clean as safe as possible he said in rally the track is designed to kill you and it's your job That's not right. to get killed on the way to the finish line <laughs> and uh so these the the roads it's it's hard to even call them roads the paths that these cars go flying down this was in rural New Hampshire at a beautiful time it was in uh it was in the fall it was just gorgeous all the oh, foliage cool. was changing and uh, there. Okay, you're in a car. All right. Obviously, these roads are about eight to twelve feet wide. <laughs> that is <laughs> not wide, folks. It is not wide, especially when you're like whipping the emergency brake and doing, you know, bootlegger turns and uh, pendulum turns. If you want to see something amazing, Google pendulum turns. Those are insane. And you're, awesome. you see, and you see some in the uh, in the episode we talk about how to do it, but. Um, that's a Jason Bourne special, by the way, right? right in, the, in the Donald Duck car, the little tiny right. mini that they use in the first one. But the uh, I think I was freaking him out because uh, he knew that I was not totally in control. Right, right. it's obvious. <laughs> I, so he took me on a ride and we we filmed it in the beginning where he basically tried to scare me to death. Uh, and uh, he did a pretty good job of scaring me, <laughs> but I was not fearful for my life because this guy is like a six-time national champion yeah. or North American champion. So I was like, all right, as dangerous as this might seem, it's like a roller coaster. I'm right. strapped in. They've tested it. This is a pro. I'm not going to get hurt. But I think for him, uh, <laughs> yeah. he's like, you know what? I'm going to cross my arms because if this monkey who's driving <laughs> flips this thing over and we broadside a you know three-foot-thick tree, then uh, I don't want my arms sticking Flailing. out. Uh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. That guy, Tim O'Neill, amazing. For anyone who who wants to try rally racing. Oh my goodness. Team O'Neill in New Hampshire. Amazing. The guys are awesome. The instruction is so, so good. And, uh, yeah, if you want, if you want a thrill (laughs) (laughs) with some certain degree of risk for sure, um, couldn't recommend them more. They're great guys. 
Well, I am all about the thrill, Tim, and the fact that it's in New Hampshire, which is just a hop, skip, and a jump from where I'm from in Maine, I meant to check them out during my three-week vacay this summer. And Fire Nation, we have a lot of awesome stuff coming up in just two minutes. We're going to thank our sponsors and be right back with you. It's one thing to get prospects to your website, but it's quite another to give them great user experience and engage them so they'll stick around. You might find yourself wondering how it all works. Ranking in organic search results, designing your site so that it represents your brand. Which theme is the best? How do I optimize my site so I'm not missing out on turning my prospects into leads? Good news. You don't have to spend hours of your own time searching 10 different places for answers to these questions and resources that can help. Because when you host with HostGator, they offer all of this in one place. Everything from 24-7 live support to one-click WordPress installs, an easy-to-use website builder, or a design professional you can hire to do the work for you, plus marketing services. Yes, all in one place. Visit HostGator.com slash Fire30 for a 30% discount today. That's HostGator.com slash Fire in the number 30. Email is one of the most important tools that you can use to grow your business. Why? Because it always makes it possible to connect with customers and prospects in a place they always are. Whether you have a subscriber list of 10 or 10,000, Aweber makes it easy for you to communicate with your email audience by making the whole process an automated breeze. So when you're really busy doing other things like running your business, you can trust it with Aweber. Creating and sending emails will be a cinch. From easy to use sign up forms and email templates to industry leading deliverability that helps your emails get delivered to your subscribers' inboxes, Aweber has you covered. In fact, they've been helping small businesses, bloggers, agencies, and entrepreneurs just like you for over 16 years, so they know the game. Ready to start using one of the most important marketing tools out there? Visit aweber.com slash fire today and start growing your business with email with a free 30-day trial. That's aweber.com slash fire. So Tim, we have about 13 minutes left. I'd like to kind of go through a couple questions that I have and just have you expound as, as much as you'd like to. I want to know which one of all of these different experiments that you did would you consider the most difficult and why? Ooh, well, difficult. Uh, I did not win, so to speak, in all of these. I mean, I made a lot of progress, but I definitely had some cataclysmic accidents uh, in, in some of these episodes. Uh, the parkour episode was excruciatingly punishing and ended up doing a lot of damage to myself. I, uh, tore three of the four quadricep muscles Ugh. in each quad, not just one. Um, did a ton of damage to both knees, partially torn ACLs and a bunch of other stuff. Tore my rotator cuff, the infraspinatus, uh, and tore a bunch of muscles in my right forearm, the flexors. Did a, a lot of damage in that episode. And um, so for that reason, it was, it was on one level absolutely one of the most exciting episodes and one of the most uh, enjoyable episodes up until a bunch of injuries just made it kind of a living hell for me to even move. So <laughs> that, that was super, super, super punishing and very difficult. Did that happen all on one fall, like one jump or was it multiple different? It, it was, it was multiple oh, attempts, the first, the, but I did blow the quad on one particular jump. Uh, and then what ends up happening, of course, is once that happens, you start compensating right. and other and other muscles are trying to pick up jobs they shouldn't pick up, right? That's also right. why a lot of people who sit in chairs oftentimes will get hamstring injuries because their glutes aren't doing the job they should be doing, right? So once my quads weren't firing, 
on one side properly and I was trying to keep weight off of it, then I'm unnaturally loading all these other areas and then they just started popping like piano <laughs> wires. It was bad, 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 bad. So I'd say, I'd say that was the most uh, difficult. difficult. But if I were, I'll just throw this out. There's a, there's a dating episode where I work with computer hackers and matchmakers and also I suppose you could call them pickup artists, but, but uh, my friend Neil does a lot more than that. Neil Strauss, the author of the game. Right. Um, one of the most embarrassing and anxious moments, like what made me sweat the most was Neil forcing me to do cold approaches to women at the fer- the crowded ferry building in San Francisco. Which is <laughs> <laughs> a city that you oh, live in. Oh my God. Horrifying. I mean, really, really hilariously embarrassing. Um, so people should, should definitely check that out. I, I, it's, it's bad. It's really bad. <laughs> now, I know when we did dinner back in December and just walking down the streets of San Francisco, people were like, hey, Tim, just want to say love your book. You know, like you get recognized in that city as, of course, I'm sure many other cities. Did that happen at all during that episode? <laughs> it didn't happen. I'm trying to think back. It didn't happen when I was doing the approaches, thank God. Yeah. <laughs> Although I suppose it would have helped me, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Aren't you or Tim Ferriss? <laughs> or they could have been like, wait a second, you're that guy who <laughs> wrote that sleazy chapter on female <laughs> orgasms in the four-hour body. Yeah. And then facepalm me and walk away. It could have been either response, but uh, it didn't happen when I was doing the approaches, thankfully. Mm. So of all of the experiments, which one did you underestimate the most? Like you went in, you're like, this might be tough or maybe this might not be so tough, but then you got blown away by the reality. Quite a few. Uh, and <laughs> I didn't expect any of them to be easy. I expected all right. of them to be hard because I wanted there to be a risk of failure. I didn't, I didn't, I, and I, and part of the reason just to take a step back, I want people to realize that I am very, very human and very, very fallible because people might like read my bio or read parts of my books or interviews. And they're like, Oh my God, this guy's, this guy's a different species, right? He's a total alien. And it's not true. I have all the foibles, the self doubt, the insecurities, but despite that stuff, I have a toolkit that helps me to do some pretty crazy things. So the, um, all the episodes had to have a high risk of failure. Uh, the let's see, what did I underestimate, huh, or or not take as seriously as perhaps I, I later realized it should be taken? Uh, I thought the language learning, because I've done so much of it, would be more straightforward than it was. But I'm used to having the ability to immerse myself in some fashion for weeks or months. And in this case, I had, I think it was four days to learn enough Filipino to be interviewed on live TV in Tagalog. <laughs> I could tell for, you were sweating at the beginning minutes. of that episode. Oh too. my God. Yeah, that was a serious, that made, that made me a serious <laughs> stress case uh, because I was in LA spending time with a uh, host family that spoke uh, Filipino, you know, Tagalog. And, um, what I underestimated, I'll tell you what I underestimated. I underestimated how much time would be spent setting up shots and making decisions about the episode as opposed to me strictly training. So when people, this, yeah, this is actually a great point. Cool, uh, cool. I, I haven't really talked about this, uh, which is important is that people say like, okay, four days to prepare. Four days to prepare in reality probably meant three to four hours a day for four days. It was nothing. I mean, I had so little time when you subtract all of the other obligations I had as a producer, insane, like total, total, just insane asylum. I would never do it that way again. It was way, way too stressful. But, um, you know, I got to tell you, man, all of them kind of give me PTSD. Like (laughs) (laughs) they were all really, really hard, but the things that I learned going through this episode, all these episodes, I mean, we, we filmed, I think 13 weeks straight out of like 16. It was insane. Uh, but 
I learned that even what I thought was possible and what I've been telling people is possible, like you can do this, you can become world-class in six months and anything, you know, top 5% in the general population. I think it's even bigger than that. Uh, I really saw things that just blew my mind and got to meet people, you know, like Laird Hamilton, who's just like re- defined what is possible in surfing. You know, I mean, he's the guy who was on the cover of surfing magazine, surfing, I think it was in Tahiti with this monster wave. And the, the caption was, oh my God, that was the only <laughs> caption. Oh my God, dot, dot, dot. On the cover. <laughs> he's, he's the guy, you know, who surfed waves in Malibu and shot the pier, which is like, a, it's a completely suicidal move. Like you make, you're off by six inches and you're dead. And he flew under the pier surfing a big wave. I mean, it's <laughs> unbelievable. Yeah. So when you meet these kind of people, you're like, okay, you know what I thought was crazy, what I thought was impossible. These guys just take as a matter of uh, figuring out, you know, like what, like it's, yeah, it's, it's been a, a real journey and I'm excited to share that with people. I have a pretty high level of anxiety, honestly, just listening to some of these things right now. So I can only imagine <laughs> being in the situation, but Tim, what I'd love to do, cause I want to spend like the last five minutes that we have talking about podcasting because you know Definitely. about podcasters paradise and we have so many people, we have over 2,200 people in paradise now and you're an honored member as well. And, and so many people look up to you in that space. But before we do hit that for the last five, just take about 60 seconds and just kind of bring this to a close, the, the Tim Ferriss experiment and just share you know, with Fire Nation right now, like what you kind of want us as a takeaway, you know, to, to walk away with from this experiment of yours. Okay. So I will, I will answer that two ways. I'll answer the, the podcasting question first. I mean, the podcasting experience has been amazing. And I would say first and foremost, focus on the content. Just this, what I've learned is what I've learned in blogging. Like my blog is not fancy. It's pretty janky in a lot of ways. Focus on the content of what you put out. You can have you know, pretty crappy mic or something like, uh, you know, an inexpensive mic, like the one I'm using right now, the ATR 2100 Audio Technica. And as long as you are in a room that might have some rugs or drapes, you can put out great content. Yeah. You don't, you don't have to make it complicated. Uh, so don't get, don't get obsessed with the logistics or the promotion or the, this or the, that first, those are all important, but they're not sufficient. So focus on making good content. And that means you have to get better at whatever your craft is. And in my case, that's interviewing. So I was studying people like Alex Bloomberg and took his, he's from NPR and does uh, a number of hit startups, uh, hit podcasts, including startups. So I took his creative live course, for instance. Um, that's, that's part one. Part two is- I was part of that course, by the way. I presented oh. with him. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's right. Okay, small <laughs> that was cool. world. That's, yeah, small world. Uh, the, um, the Tim Ferriss experiment is really- your experiment. So in this case, I'm showing hopefully what someone with very average genetics can do when they're under the gun, have a ton of injuries <laughs> and massive, massive time constraints. But when you're, when you're put on to the platform with that kind of pressure, what do you do? Like, what is the toolkit that you can use? And how do you ask questions differently to get better results? And those are all things that people can borrow and implement. And people have taken those skills, a lot of them from the four hour body and four hour chef and done things far more impressive than anything that I have done. I mean, uh, in incredible. I mean, people rowing across the Pacific and right. so on. It's just crazy what people have been able to do. So it far outstrips what I am able to do or what I've done so far, at least. So I would just say, you know, whether you watch the show or not, um, challenge the so-called best practices and whatever you do ask, you know, what if I did the opposite? What if I did this in reverse, right? If everyone is telling me I have to learn swimming is telling me to do kickboard, 
what if I couldn't use my legs at all? How would I swim? You know, ask these seemingly absurd hypothetical questions, which are like the questions that billionaire Peter Thiel posed uh, when he was on my podcast. He said, you know, ask yourself, why can't I achieve my, my 10 year goal in the next six months? That's a crazy question, but it's a great question and it's a very useful one. So I would say just practice asking better questions and more absurd questions because it doesn't matter if you have the right answers if you're asking yourself the wrong questions. And the, the Tim Ferriss experiment, you know, all the episodes are really uh, carrying that common thread and just showing you what is possible if you ask those questions. And it's, it's kind of a combination of uh, Mythbusters and Jackass, I suppose. <laughs> so Tim, what I love about you is that you always spark me to ask the questions. And that's something that I didn't get coming from my military background, from my corporate backgrounds. And I think it's so important. It's all about the Parkinson's law. Like tasks will expand to the time that you allot them. So if you allot six months for a task, you're a lot more likely to accomplish it in that time than if you just have this open-ended conundrum type thing. Definitely. Love how you breaking that down, my friends. Fire Nation for hourworkweek.com slash TV. This is where you can check it out. It's live time now. And Tim, I just want to thank you for coming on again to Entrepreneur on Fire. 827 episodes later, we're going to have to have you on before episode 2000. That's a promise, my friend. <laughs> my pleasure always. And uh, for those people wondering, because it can be misspelled a million ways, the four-hour work week is all spelled out, F-O-U-R. So fourhourworkweek.com forward slash TV. But man, anytime. I love chatting with you. Um, you've also been a, a great teacher to me for podcasting. Uh, and um, yeah, I'm just trying to, trying to pay it forward however I can. Value exchange, buddy. Catch you on the flip side. Hey, Fire Nation, JLD jumping back in here. Let's thank Tim properly for coming on, for sharing some really cool insider stuff with us, with Fire Nation. I've created a really simple link for you to do so, eofire.com slash tweet Tim eofire.com slash tweet Tim. That's going to pre-populate an awesome tweet. Tim will feel the Fire Nation love. Let's make it happen, guys. Let's rock this out. As entrepreneurs, having virtual team members is pretty common. Lucky for us, we've got High Five, an easy-to-use integrated hardware and cloud software solution that allows you to meet face-to-face -face with your team no matter where they are. No more pricey web conferencing tools or long meeting numbers to remember, just seamless HD video with you and up to eight participants. What team doesn't want to high-five each other? Go to highfive.com slash fire and request a free 30-day trial today. That's H-I-G-H-F-I-V-E dot com slash fire. Thank you so much for joining me today on Entrepreneur on Fire. Head over to eofire.com for links and recaps of every show and so much more. With 15 videos in 15 days, I'll have you podcasting like a pro. Visit freepodcastcourse.com and prepare to ignite.